what's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you don't know me yet, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. You can learn more about me and how we can work together at elisecortez.com or gusto-now.com. Let me thank my partner and sponsor, WorkProud. We are a perfect collaboration. Everyone wants to know they matter and that the work they do is meaningful and appreciated. WorkProud is a mobile platform built to encourage employees to share stories and recognize each other's contribution. WorkProud empowers HR and business leaders to help create company cultures where all employees are inspired to feel proud of their work and proud of their company. Learn more at WorkProud.com. With us today is Joyce Tom, a speaker, executive coach, and catalyst for change in the fields of resilience, wellness, and conscious leadership. In Silicon Valley, she has led business and, and product innovations at Intuit, eBay, SRI International, and was CEO of a database infrastructure startup. After seeing the impacts of stress and high-pressure environments, she founded Energy at Work Co. in 2002 to help executives and entrepreneurs accelerate their growth while bringing by bringing more balance and satisfaction to their lives. We'll be talking about the mindsets that are necessary toward purposeful living and working and their relationship to purpose, tools for the journey, and overcoming obstacles. She joins us today from the San Francisco area. Joyce, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hi, Elise. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you and your audience today. It is so great. And, you know, when we first were introduced, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're two peas in a pod. We're so like-minded. So, but you, of course, you know, like every single one of us on the planet, you have your own very unique niche and, and view on the matter that we're going to talk about today. And so I think first we have to talk a little bit about, as I introduced you, just where this work came from. So you spent, what, 20 some years in the Silicon Valley area and learned a few things along the way that pointed you to this work. So situate for us, why this work? Why now? Sure. Well, I had a background in the corporate um, arena and my focus was on um, helping to facilitate change in organizations. And that was great. And um, as I saw those changes evolve, I saw the, the, the toll that it took on people and organizations. And personally, I was doing a lot of other work on uh, myself my, with meditation, with somatic practices, with emotional intelligence work. And I thought, well, how can I be of the most service? So after a career in Silicon Valley, I just said, I'm going to step away and start to offer other things that um, that might be helpful to all the people who are involved in, um, in, in innovation and technology and growth to help to help um, make it easier for them because I think that there's so many people who are inspired to make contributions in the world and when they meet the challenges that inevitably happen they want to be able to 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 move along their journey easier in a more easy way in a more fluid way and a more fulfilling way and so that's what I decided to do with energy at work was to help people in that um, in their endeavors that's so great and you know as we spoke about before when we were first getting acquainted on the phone 
I've just really come to see my perspective is that everything is energy. And so it's just really how do we mobilize that energy? How do we use it most productively? And certainly as we care about toward our purpose. And so for this first segment, I know we wanted to focus on journey and destination mindsets and their relationship to purpose. And so maybe we could start. At, you gave me a, an article. I read most of it, by the way, but not not all the paper, but most of it. Um, and it, about the Stanford's research. And you, you, so I wanted to first start with um, how does Stanford's research help us refine our strategy for working on purpose? Your perspective on that. Sure. Let me step back and give a little bit of context for that. And that is that. Um, people are often interested in change and change is great, but it's about when that change becomes sustainable, when, when it's lasting. And then that change turns to meaningful growth for people and organizations. And that's one of my main interests. And so what Stanford did was it looked at different things that happened with, with people when they accomplished goals. And they found out that people often, when they accomplish goals, they pause, they pat themselves on the back, and then they may or may not, um, they may turn their attention to something else and not continue that progress. In fact, they may backslide. And so um, before we get into their exact research, I, uh, I wanna just bring up this um, analogy of a sprint and a marathon. So, mm. you know, in today's society and in business, um, success is often linked to short-term metrics that encourage us to go full out. You know, just they're always saying, oh, you know, 120%, 120%. And I know that when I was starting out in the corporate world, um, uh, way back when as a strategic management consultant, I was definitely on that path of like, oh, okay, we have a, a client engagement and I've, they've got offices in London and Tokyo and the US. And so I would just be working around the clock. In right. fact, often I would find myself sleeping on the floor in the office because oh. in those days there weren't even laptops. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> and so to get access to your data, you actually had to um, stay in the office to be able to access your, your big computer. And um, that's not really a sustainable kind of thing, right? No, it really isn't. It's not very good for us and it's not good for our work and it's not good for the teams. And I liken that to the sprint mentality where you've got this deadline. Okay, I'm just gonna, for a couple months, we're just gonna really crank it out. And then what happens at the end you kind of collapse and you backslide, right? You're just burnt out and it doesn't work. Um, and so then we often graduate along our career to the idea of a marathon. So then I moved out to Silicon Valley and the product cycles were different. It wasn't a couple months. It was like a yearly product launch at that point <laughs> before the internet was really big. So it was a yearly product, um, product launch cycle. So you paced yourself a little bit more like a marathon and you, you did do some more self-care, but at the end, it sort of turned into a sprint. And then you ended up again at the end being a little bit or a lot burnt out and needing a fair amount of time to recover. And you didn't necessarily have the energy to then begin to, to grow and develop what you wanted to do professionally or personally. And so we've got both of the sprint and the marathon analogies are very goal oriented, like get to this point reach your goal and right. that's it. And there's a whole nother paradigm for looking at life, which is a journey mindset. And that's what Stanford research started to look into. They said, okay, well, we know that what happens when people are, have this goal or destination mindset, then they stop, they have to, uh, and they backslide. And so there's not sustained growth. And what can, what, what would be, what would make it different? So they decided to 
test something out. <laughs> and what they did was they took a number of different um, research studies where people were in programs um, with specific goals, like a weight loss program or a fitness program or even an executive training program. And at the end of the program, after people had done what they needed to do, they asked all of the participants to reflect on what had happened in the program. And they gave different prompts. Some people were asked to reflect on it as a journey. And some people were asked to reflect on it as a, a destination. And some people were given no prompts at all. And they wanted to see what happened in terms of people's learning and growth and the benefits, did the benefits sustain? And then were their future actions in alignment with the goals that they wanted to, 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 to continue their, their, their purpose and so on. And uh, so the, the net result of that is that when the people who were invited to reflect on their, the program as a journey were able to continue their progress. So for example, if you had been uh, uh, in a fitness program and you met your goals, after the program ended, you continue to exercise and you continue to make choices that were in alignment with good health and fitness instead of slacking off. Um, for example, like with, uh, with, with diet programs, I'm sure many people can, um, uh, can relate to it. You get on the diet, you hold to it, you know, you gut it out, you meet your goals, you drop the weight, but then it's, when it's done after a while, you backslide. Mm -hmm. But in this case, the people who were just asked to reflect on it as if it were a journey didn't. They stayed on it. They continued to progress and with their weight loss goals, and they continued to make decisions that were in alignment. So no, no cheating and binging on the chocolate afterwards. So that was a really interesting, um, you know, finding that the the Stanford folks had, which was, hey, if you reflect on your your whatever your experiences were, and you look at it as a process instead of an event instead of a goal, you will actually be able to grow. Mm. Okay, so I did read that. A couple of things that I really appreciate about that research. One, I love research. And two, I actually really appreciated that the authors or and, and, this, and the researchers looked at various kinds of of growth related activities. And I, I thought yes. that was that was actually stellar and that they were able to find that similar thread. So then, of course, we have to ask for the purpose of this conversation, how does that relate to the strategy for, for working on purpose? Right. So I think one of the main problems that people encounter with why they're not able to move forward with their purpose is that they're confusing purpose, purpose and goals. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, like, I think that actually, well, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, something? no, I completely agree with you. People confuse purpose and goals all the time. They also confuse meaning and purpose. They're also not the same. Right. And, and I think that purpose is a much bigger thing and a much higher thing than a goal. Uh, a purpose is something that, in my perspective, you can't actually ever achieve. You can just continue to work towards it. It's not something that you, you know, one and done, done with that purpose. Um, and so it's got this, this other quality to it that's more like a North Star. Yes. So the North Star is big, it's bright, and wherever we're at, we can see the North Star and we can head towards it. And the exact route doesn't exactly matter as long as we continue to head towards that direction. Um, and so it, it can illuminate and guide us in, in our actions and our decisions. 
Right. And listeners and viewers, how you might now situate goals, since we said that they were not the same as purpose, is imagine, like I'm looking right now at a list of eight goals that I have on my list to get done here in 2021, all of which are directed by and feed into the fulfillment of my purpose. So I can have like almost whatever, maybe unlimited number of goals that might support what it is for me to live my purpose and, 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 and be an expression of my purpose, but they're not my purpose. That's how I would distinguish that. Exactly, exactly. And I think what what's kind of interesting is that the Eastern wisdom traditions, which I'm very interested in, really take this approach of, uh, of, of purpose, um, which is linked to destiny and so on, as a as a birth to death kind of journey. So that's the language that they use, that that it's a lifelong journey. It's not just, uh, you know, episodic here and there. Let's just finish this goal. It really has this long quality. And when you when you when you step back and you look at purpose as this lifelong thing, um, then you really do. It, it changes your life in a different way. Oh, my gosh, Joyce. You know, I love this. I can. That's how I see it for me. Right. I. I I, I do have some, I am touched a little bit by more of the Eastern wisdom traditions, not entirely just the Western, just because of my travel and what I'm interested in. And I'll tell you for that anthology of women, I found 25 women from across the globe to share their stories of how they discovered their purpose and are now persevering mightily to live it. And the way that I set up the questions, unbeknownst at the time, sort of invited them to look at it more as a journey. And so a lot of us told our story, the ongoing unfoldment of how it was to become. It didn't just make sense in a moment. It wasn't just revealed to us in a moment. Ta-da, here it is, what you're supposed to be doing. But over the course of your life, you could see how it unfolded. And when you look at it that way and you see that it's continuing to unfold, we're still on that journey. We're still on that path. And then it's, then it's exciting to say, well, where else is it going to go? Where else is it going to take me? It's already really good now. That's so beautiful. You know, what a wonderful experience for the folks who were there. And and I'm sure it changed their lives. Many of them who contributed said that, that the experience of writing their life stories was cathartic. And by the way, listen, listeners and viewers, I am now, now launching the men's anthology. So now we've collected the 25 women. I'm out trolling the globe for men who have discovered their purpose and, and want to share their story in this next anthology. So please do contact me at EliseCortez.com and let me know if you want, you want to talk about it and be considered because it's the next thing that I'm doing. It's so exciting. It's so fun. Um, so say more about this 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 Taoist view of, of destiny and purpose and, and how do you did you learn about that? What do you what do you where does it speak to you? Yes, well it's 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 both like it's Eastern, so it's Taoist and it's also Buddhist. There's similar traditions in some ways, not always, but this idea of oh yes, this this path that um, that that we trod throughout our life. And the important thing to do is to be able to see are we on the path or are we like just you know, zigzagging away and, and losing momentum and being inefficient in the way that we go. So the idea is how can we connect with that path? How do we know what, whether we're on it, whether we're deviating from it, and what happens when the when we, as we grow and evolve, the path will shift a little bit. And so I've been interested in, in these sorts of um, approaches to life for 40, 50 years. And it just is amazing to me that it um, it provides such guidance and reassurance and this bigger sense of comfort around, oh, I don't have to get every little detail right now. I'm looking at the big picture of the journey over life. And if I'm heading in the right direction, that's good. It's fantastic. Oh, this is just a yummy conversation, Joyce. I'm so glad you agreed to join me. And let's grab our first break already. It goes so fast. 
I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Joyce Tom, a speaker, executive coach, and catalyst for change in the fields of resilience, wellness, and conscious leadership. We've been talking about and distinguishing journey versus destination mindsets. After the break, we're going to get into tools for the journey. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. As I've watched the pandemic continue on, we've looked for ways to help companies support their employees handle the anxiety, stress, depression, and feeling disconnected while also helping to lift and inspire them with ongoing professional development. So we now offer a well-being webinar learning series called Grab Your Gusto, Vital Well-Being from the Inside Out. You can learn more about it at EliseCortez.com or send me an email to Elise at EliseCortez.com and I'll tell you about it. If you're just joining the program, my guest is Joyce Tom, founder of Energy at Work and speaker, executive coach, and catalyst for change in the fields of resilience, wellness, and conscious leadership. She joins us today from the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So for this next segment here, I'm really interested in this notion of yours, of tools for the journey. And I know you and I probably both get a very similar question and, and people want to know, you know, how do I find my purpose? I mean, I was I was just speaking to a group of National Charity League uh, mothers and, and daughters Sunday, and I asked that question: How many of you think you know your purpose? And there were probably 250 people in the in the audience. Guess how many hands went up? How many? One. Oh my goodness! And I, I understand. You know, I, I totally understand. So you know, people do want to know how do I find my purpose, and so. Talk to us a little bit about your perspective on on how to start to answer that question and some tools along the way. Sure. Well, you know, I know that a lot of people struggle with finding their purpose. And um, in some of the research that I've seen, only 20 percent of people really feel certain that they know their purpose. And as many as 91 percent of people at some point have felt like they don't know their purpose at all. So Mm -hmm. it is a big, big, big issue for people. And one of the things I think people start with is they start trying to just figure it out, right? And they effort at it. When I think that one thing that could really be helpful as a tool is to step back and just work on self-awareness, the base level of self-awareness on all levels. I mean, intellectually, emotionally, physically, um, et cetera, because without self-awareness, how can we connect deeply with our purpose? It, it just, it seems to me to be the basic foundation of, we can come up with ideas about purpose, but is it our purpose? You know, how, how can we know that unless we know ourselves? Mm-hmm. I have found that there is such a, a desperate hunger for people to really understand their purpose that many people just kind of declare one. And it's based on kind of what they think they stand for or what they kind of are sort of doing, but it's really not their purpose. And and I understand, I really do understand where that comes from. And then they, they want to call it purpose because then it, it, it has more juice to it, it has more energy to it. 
but it is not at the end of the day purpose. And so I really appreciate this notion that you talk about self-awareness and then you talk about this whole GPS system. Tell us more about that. Well, so um, if we're we're using this metaphor of a journey, right? And we're, we're here and we're trying to go towards in the direction of our North Star purpose, What's important with our GPS system, it has to know where we're starting from, right? If we don't know where we're starting from, then the GPS system doesn't really work very well. And how do we know where we're starting from? We have to begin that self-inquiry of, well, hmm, you know, what's going on with me today? And like you just mentioned, people think of some good ideas and they declare it a purpose or they feel something, they feel some emotion, and then they use that to declare a purpose. But those aren't always incorporate, you know, taking care of our whole self. They're not, it's not taking our whole self into consideration. And that's why purpose is a little bit hard or the path is a little bit tricky. If you've got the head saying, I should do this, this sounds like a good purpose, but the heart says, no, but this is what I want to do. You're going at cross purposes and the GPS doesn't know how to navigate that. It's not, it's not very efficient and it's not um, likely to lead to a lot of satisfaction or fulfillment. Well, and this is where I think your work gets really, really interesting to me because you distinguish this notion of the energy fuel gauge and as being useful to understanding when we are aligned to our purpose. Um, And I'll quickly say that I know that for me, as I've gone through my own journey of purpose and and living it and expressing it and honoring it, when the closer I get to it, the more crazy intense my energy is. It's like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? Tell us more about this energy gauge. Well, let's just, it's again, using this, this metaphor of this journey. So if, um, if we're on this journey, then our vehicle is like our physical body. Um, and, and we want to check in to see how much energy we have, how much fuel is in, in the car, in the fuel tank. Right. And I think most people, I mean, sometimes people go, oh, energy, it's too woo woo. Right. Don't know that. I don't know anything about energy, but if somebody said to you, Hmm, think of your, think of how you are right now and check in. If you were checking in on your, your fuel gauge, like in a car, are you on empty? Are you on full or where along, you know, along the spectrum, one quarter, half or three quarters, how much energy do you have in your fuel tank? And, and that's relevant because if you don't have a lot of fuel, how are you going to make your journey? You're not going to get very far without the fuel. Yeah, it's so true. And so then that's where I'll quickly say, and then I definitely, you have some, some ways to build some of these skills, but one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I am a logotherapist, which is really the whole practice of, of, of generating, or I should say, discovering, encountering, being able to see meaning in the moment is because meaning is our, from my vantage point, our ultimate energy source. And so the more that you can actually find meaning in the moment and across your life, the more energy that you have, and especially when you align it with your purpose. So you have some some tools to be able to help build some of these skills or some approaches. Can you tell us about a few of those? Right. I mean, it, it's going to sound simple, but the thing is, is mostly the hardest part about it is remembering to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just say that. And that is just a simple check in, a really basic check in, which says ah, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day or before, a, you know, an important event is just to check in with ourselves and say, huh. How is my mind right now? Is it is it clear? Um, is it foggy? Is it racing? Is it settled? How much energy is zipping around <laughs> in, in our mind? Um, and then tuning in then to our uh, emotional center and listening because we know also that emotions are a huge motivator for us. 
right? I mean, there's a lot that we can do when our emotions are in alignment with what, uh, with our purpose, for example. And so, hmm, what's our emotional state? Are we reluctant and resistant? Are we frustrated? That's not going to help us on our journey. Or are we in a place of excitement and curiosity and gratitude for what's opening up in front of us? Um, so, of course, you can just maybe even feel like, oh, wow, yeah, if I'm in a grateful space, if I'm in this um, curious, excited phase, then I've got enough energy to, you know, do quite a lot, accomplish quite a lot in the world. And then, you know, the, the third, the other level is our physical body. How is our physical body responding? Like sometimes we have a lot of, we really want to do something. It's really important to us, but we've, we don't have the physical energy to do it. And if we ignore that, and we, you know, nobody would run their their car on empty, right? We know that that's a bad thing. We're gonna say in the matter, yeah. <laughs> if it, it clogs up the fuel lines, and then there's a lot of maintenance problems, and then you've got a big, you know, big repair bill at the end. So you don't want to do that. But often that's what we do. We we ignore those three different types of energy and the the the. the overall set of energy that we've got and we just say oh no i'm gonna gut through it because it's important to me and although we can get some energy from doing things that we love it's again stepping back and seeing that big picture like that the eastern approach is you've got a certain amount of energy to go through your life and if you if you're burning it up too quickly or if you're zigzagging and not efficient with it you're just not going to have enough to get as far as you might like to go. So it's really worthwhile to ask those basic questions. How am I doing? What do I need? So, and listen to the answer. <laughs> it's not just about asking the question. You want to actually listen to the answer and then act based on what is needed. Mm. Two things come to mind to add to that beautiful set of points that you made there. First, um, I had Dr. Neha Sangwan on my show uh, last May, I think it was. She's she's phenomenal. She's become a friend as well and a, and, a, and a colleague. But she has a whole book out called Talk Rx, and she really distinguishes that emotions are energy in motion. So you have to steward them through your body in order to really make them work with you. And you most certainly cannot ignore them. They will not be ignored, yes. right? And, and so with the more, the better that you get it really first, understanding those emotions, naming them, understanding them, honoring them and stewarding them through your person, the more that you can, you can, you can utilize that energy and even literally channel it through you for a very productive end. So that's the first thing I would say. Anything you wanna comment on that before I go to my second point? Yes, exactly. I'd like to take it to the, the workplace situation um, mm -hmm. because our um, our head, our heart and our, our body are like um, are like teammates. Right. And so if you were going into a group meeting and saying, ah, oh, we've got this, 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 this purpose, you know, our mission, our vision. Um, what do you guys think about that or how are you feeling about that? And there were concerns. There were fears. There was excitement. There's a whole bunch of different um, uh, reactions to it. As a good conscious leader, you would want to listen to all that was going on and then be able to help harmonize the team, help, you know, get everybody together to move towards the same in the same direction. You wouldn't ignore somebody or you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I know you're afraid of that. Too bad. We're doing this anyway. You know, that's not great leadership skills. So we are like our awareness, our consciousness is the leader of our whole being. And um, it's really useful mm -hmm. for us to go ahead and take all that into consideration so that we can be we, we can move forward. Mm. 
That's beautiful. I love that idea of, uh, that they're all on the same team. I love that. Yeah. And then you have the conscious leader who's directing them. I love that. Um, okay. So the second point that I wanted to make is, and you, you, you talk about how, you know, we have, in, there's a, we have this energy and, and generally speaking, we need, we need to manage it and, and, and deal with what we have. Um, we can increase it through exercise and other things like that and being high on purpose, of course. But what I want to make sure that I also emphasize is that it's really important. And this gets cl much clearer when you, uh, to your point, really work from the purpose as, as a North Star guiding point. And you can recognize, you know, you can start to more easily see what fits within that purview of my purpose. And a lot of us spend a lot of time and effort and energy on activities that actually don't help us fulfill our purpose. And someone else can do them very handily. Thank you very much. And when you clear them off your plate and your path, you have this much bigger runway and all this extra energy to throw yourself toward that North Star of purpose. And so I can't tell you how, how important it is to really evaluate how you're spending your energy. Where is it going? Taking inventory of that and then clearing out where it really isn't serving you very well. Do you really have to be the one that does all the dishes, changes the oil in your car, does all the laundry, does all this extra stuff on, 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 your, on your project, on your team? Really, do you have to do all that? So that's the kind of thing I really want to encourage you to evaluate because once you start to get clear about what's pulling away, the energy is pulling away from your purpose, you'll have more bandwidth energy to devote to your purpose. Comments, Joyce? Excellent point. I think that we often think that we have to do it all. And that's not necessarily, it's not true. Um, and it doesn't actually help further our, what the contributions that we could make in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, wonderful point. I, I, I agree, and I encourage. I also encourage people to take that into consideration, and um, see what changes might be helpful for people to make in their lives. Mm -hmm. You'd be amazed how you can really quickly get over doing some of these things that you spend a lot of time doing. <laughs> Move on to the next higher level order of things, um, and to that end, I definitely wanted to talk with you. I know you have you and I shared this notion here about ongoing self awareness because our purpose will evolve as we grow. Say more about why that's important to keep track of and steward. Yes, because I think once people this 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 idea of purpose is is and finding purpose is such a big deal to people that once they find something that they want to latch onto, then they just kind of keep going towards that same this, you know that same purpose that same north star for their whole lives. But as we continue to grow and evolve, it's natural. It's a it's a, it's not maybe surprising to think that what's important to us and therefore what our purpose is will change as well. And so this idea of check-ins along the way, regular check-ins to say, oh, is this purpose that has been a wonderful guiding star for me for 5, 10, 15 years, is it still the right one for me or do I need to update it and revise it and then shift, navigate towards the new North Star for us? And I think some people, they at some point in their life, they decide this is what I'm about. And then they just keep chugging along in that direction for the rest of their life. And then there's this divergence um, from who they are, who they are at the current time and where they're heading. So I think it's useful for our people to do that check in and regularly um, see whether or not their, their North Star has changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I also tell you, listeners and viewers, is as you step on your path to purpose and really listen in, in, into that, that gentle whisper that's trying to get your attention and tell you which step to take next along that path, 
as you serve it, you really will continue to grow and expand. And there, that means your eyes and your ability to see things will change and sense things will change. It will, it will evolve. And therefore, you, you'll see things newly that you didn't see before as opportunities and ways to serve. And then, of course, don't forget the world will continue to change along with you. Also, then serving up new opportunities and ways of being um, in the world. So, yeah, keeping a really close tab on you and how your you and your purpose are connected and related to the world and serving the world is 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 of critical importance. And and by the way, it's fun. It's not just you know something you have to do. It's a fun thing to track and go. Let this thing carry you along the way. Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't this fun? All right. Well, let's grab our, our, our last break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We were in the, on the air with Joyce Tom, a speaker, executive coach, and catalyst for change in the fields of resilience, wellness, and conscious leadership. We've been talking about the tools for our journey of purpose. After the break, we're going to get more into overcoming obstacles to the journey. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I mentioned after the first break about the Grab Your Gusto Wellbeing uh, podcast learning series. The content of this program is adapted from part one of my recently published book called Purpose Ignited, How Inspiring Leaders Ignite Passion and Elevate Cause, which is now available on Amazon. I wrote it to awaken you to their passion and purpose and help transform them into inspirational leaders who enliven the workplace and elevate the contribution of business to all its stakeholders. So that's where the content came from. If you're just joining us, my guest today is from the San Francisco Bay Area, Joyce Tom, the founder of Energy at Work and speaker, executive coach, and Catalyst for Change. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So for this last segment here, um, this is great, right? Great, because you know people are going, well, but yeah, but oh, this sounds good, but 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 you know, along the way, what am I gonna what am I gonna find? Um, and I I love your concept that you talk from this notion that we tend to believe that more is better, and then we keep pushing until burnout happens, which is certainly something that's happened for a lot of us in the pandemic especially if, if we have a goal versus journey mindset. So tell us more about that and why do we tend to do that? What's that all about? Well, I think it's it's natural, especially in this time and age and, and culture that we think, uh, you know, especially if we're conflating a goal mindset with purpose, then the more goals we, we have and the more we accomplish them and we just tick them off, you know, like Pokemon, you know, things, then then it's good. It's better. We're, we're doing more. But actually, you know, in the in the bigger grand scheme of things, it's not about, you know, how many little things, how many goals we accomplish. It's really whether or not it's in alignment with our purpose. And so so people tend to especially if they're not listening to themselves, they haven't developed their self-awareness or energy awareness skills, then we overdo and we burn out. And then if you look at the, the amount that we're able uh, 
to contribute over our lifetime, we push, 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 and then we burn out, and then we're not contributing very much after we've burned out. So it's not really, you know, the best, the optimal outcome. And so what are, you know, what's really going on there? It's this mindset thing, and then what people often tend to say is like, oh, there's never enough time, and I don't have enough energy to do what I want. But I think that's not actually the case then. And I think people are looking kind of in the wrong direction with that. Um, does that make sense to you? It, it does. In fact, I want to, I want to, this is a perfect time to mention this. I literally just freshly authored an article for, for my collaborator and partner WorkProud for their thought leadership site. And I, what I, as I was digging around for what did I want to comment on, what's going on right now that I want to talk about. And I discovered a couple articles that 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 said that fully 50% of the North American workplace plans to change jobs in 2021 uh, after the pandemic because they, they, there's a lot of reasons for that. They feel disconnected from their employer. They feel like they're not being valued and appreciated. And there's a restlessness that's just palpable, among many other things. But then when I dug deeper, I then I discovered this whole notion of, of the great resignation is what it's being called. And apparently... It was predicted by a professor that would that this exact same thing would happen that a majority of or a lot of the population would go looking for new jobs once the pandemic kind of subsided and so that absolutely speaks to burnout that was the number one thing that was cited in these articles was people are just burnt out which totally speaks to the notion of energy and just what you were talking about so employers, companies, leaders, this is really, really critically important to pay attention to, to recognize if your people really do feel this way, I want you to think about the ramifications of 50% of your people leaving in a year's time. The recruiting cost alone to replace those people is enormous. Now you got to train them, onboard them, bring them up to speed. They will not be at the same level of performance as those who vacated positions before. So it's well worth doing something now to help your people address this this mindset, this notion of burnout that, that Joyce is talking about. That's kind of where my mind went as you were talking. Sure. And so I work with corporations um, on, on resilience, right? Because resilience and burnout, like the more that you can um, help people develop skills that will help them be more resilient, the less burnout there is. Um, but I wanted to talk, you brought up an interesting point, and I think that people are, again, not necessarily... Um, assigning the right causes and effects. So they've been unhappy, especially during the, the pandemic situation, and they don't feel very good. And they're saying, they're thinking that, oh, it's this job. If I switch right. jobs, it'll right. all be okay. But mm-hmm. I, I think that it's not necessarily the job, though, of course, corporations and situations do vary. I think it's more this idea of thinking uh, of this driving and this um, this more and more and more, I've got to do more, I'm, or I feel so much pressure to do more. And then the burnout that's happening and that they're going, if they keep the same mindset, then they're going to go ahead and take that to the next job and they're going to experience the same thing there. So I think it's worthwhile to like take a step back again and look at some of the underlying causes and what might be useful to help people overcome the, the, these obstacles that they that they feel are preventing them from having a happy, fulfilled, purposeful life. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more. And that's one of the reasons I want to bring this up is that, that individuals within the company can do this work for themselves. And then, of course, let's meet in the middle and get leaders and companies to also ask, how are you doing? What can I do to help? And how are you feeling, et cetera? And one of the things that you talk about, which I completely agree with, is the role of how stress limits our, our perspective. And and then we've got this narrow tunnel vision. So tell us more about how does that factor in as an obstacle here? Right. So 
stress does, where, you know, the, the neuroscience does say, oh, um, that when we're stressed out, our vision, both our physical vision and our, um, our metaphorical vision just narrows. And so we just are like hamsters on the wheel. We just start, okay, there's the goal. I've got to make my deadline by Friday. I've got to do this next thing and the next thing and this, and this next thing and the next thing. And of course that stresses our system out and we burn a lot of energy that way that's not needed. Um, and so one, there's that that issue of like, ah, oh, that's so wasteful for our life force energy. And um, how, can we, how can we approach getting work done without all that stress? Um, and then the other thing is that when we've had this, when we have this narrow um, vision, we're not connected with our purpose because right. our purpose is this big vision. And Expansive. so it's hard. We just get caught into the little details and we're not seeing how it fits in with the journey that we're wanting to make. So I think that um, things that we can do, it's not just stress management for health reasons. It's stress management for quality of life and quality of the journey towards our purpose um, mm -hmm. reasons as well. And, and back to Joyce's points about the importance of, of self-awareness, you can start to recognize that you're probably governed by a stress mindset when you start saying things like, I gotta, I have to, and I can't, yes. right? So just pay attention to how often those things come out of your mouth, because they're probably connected to something that you perceive as stressful. Um, so one of the other things that you also do, I love the, the working with metaphors, and you have an energy metaphor of, of using working capital versus reserves. What's that? Right. So um, the way a, a lot of um, the ancient traditions who work with energy view it is like, oh, there is a is what we would call a, um, a working capital amount of energy. This is the amount of energy that we mm -hmm. use in daily life, you know, to do our chores, to do our work, et cetera. And and we we use it. Uh, and then we replenish it and we replenish it with the typical things that you would consider self-care, like good sleep, <laughs> um, good food, exercise, etc. But underneath that is this concept of, um, they don't use this terminology, but I think we in modern society could understand it, a reserve capital. And that's the energy that carries us through life, like on that, on that road, on that journey from birth to death. It's that underlying amount of energy that moves us forward um, and helps us develop over time and mature. And so, so they're different things. And when we're, what we can expect to do is as we live our daily life and you, we use up energy, it's not like we should just conserve and sit still and use as little energy as, you know, as we, as, as, as we can, we want to expend energy and use it to live and enjoy life. But if we are not listening to how much energy we're using and we're overdoing and we're burning the candle at both ends, we're going to dip into our reserves, into our savings account. And if we, use that reserve energy it's very hard to that to get that kind of energy back and so then what happens is we end up with um you know a, a permanent burnout like we we just can't move forward in our life at all and so differentiating between when we're just using our our, our working capital energy versus when we're using our um, reserve energy is really important. And I don't think that most people actually consider that or can sense that. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Now I'm really curious too, because I noted that when you were you were talking before that you, I think you also you attach that to the wisdom tradition of the path of addition and path of subtraction. I've never heard this language before. Tell us more about that. Right, so this, this also ties in with the idea of more is better, right? So the path of addition uh, says that um, if we want to move forward towards something like our purpose or, or even a goal, 
many times there is um, uh, an approach that says, oh, do more, gain more skills, get more accomplishments, have more experiences, more and more and more and more. So it's the path of addition. <laughs> what can I do that's gonna help me go forward, right? And then, but then there's another path, which is called the path of subtraction. And the path of subtraction, which actually speaks to something you mentioned earlier. I was um, just about to put that together myself. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> which is what can you what can we take away that's a hindrance? What can we take away that's not necessary? And that's actually consuming energy that we could better use to move smoothly and easily along the path. And you know, it's 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 not as familiar a concept to think, okay. Path of addition, path of subscri uh, subtra uh, subtraction. I think we tend, to, most of us tend to focus more on the path of addition, and we don't give nearly as much priority or importance to considering the path of subtraction. And it's important that we do both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I as we were saying before, you know, there, we've got this 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 amount of energy, and yes, we can stoke it and such, but better to really be just um, choiceful about where to really put our energy and our time and is that really worth our, our time is it really going to allow us to be able to express our highest possible purpose and serve at our best highest level uh, and it's amazing to me how much let's call it busy work that really gets done that takes up so much energy right that we really don't have to do and someone else would gladly do that for us right and and it's also encouraged at work by sort of the norms that the idea of FaceTime right you know it's not really satisfying work but you have to look busier you have to stay till 10 at night to look like you're um, you're you're worthy of promotion or, or something like that and when we actually tune into ourselves and we have this real deep sense of what's what's right for us and what what are we here to do it's not here to be doing some of these other things that aren't part of our purpose. Um, they may be part of other people's purpose, which is great. Let them do it. What really is important to us and how can we stay on track and on purpose? Yeah. So as a quick example, listeners and viewers, I was having a conversation with a gentleman yesterday and we were talking about some way of maybe trying to find a way to collaborate between our two companies. And he shared what he was up to. And I said, that's fantastic. Beautiful. Great creation doesn't align with us but so thank you very much i'm happy to refer you if, if it makes sense but it just doesn't make any sense for us to put any energy into that because it's not aligned it doesn't thread through our purpose so that kind of ability to recognize and say thanks but no thanks works so you already heard me say joyce sorry we're getting so close to being out of time already it's just amazing um you already heard me say that my approach to stoking energy is through the logotherapeutic lens of trying to find more meaning getting more access to it um, it may be in a minute or so. Can you give a, a couple of approaches that you offer to people to stoke energy or to manage energy? Sure. I think one of, well, purpose, as you said, like purpose really does. It helps us. Um, it helps our brain because it, it research shows that when we feel like we're on purpose, we have much more cognitive resilience. And so that's really important. That gives us more energy to be able to be clear and creative and, uh, and, and move forward on, on our goals as well as our purpose. Um, and then also when we're on purpose, we, you know, we, we don't have as much cortisol. So that stress that drains us also drops away as well. And so that is a great way to gain purpose. So it's sort of this loop 
that happens that, oh, if we're, if we're on purpose, we get more energy. Um, and when we have more energy, we can be more on purpose. Um, so I think that those are really important things to help generate um, energy. And then, of course, many people have heard that the positive emotions, like focusing on gratitude, yes. is an amazing and really quick way to generate a lot of energy. So there's a lot of these different easy, simple approaches, but maybe people haven't put it together to say, oh, if I do this, this, this practice, it will help me um, fuel my purpose. They might just think, oh, it feels good, but no, it's more than that. It will actually be contribute to your leading a more meaningful and satisfying life. Beautiful. Well, here we are at the close, and uh, you know that the show is listened to by people across the world, and they generally tune in because they're, they're out to be able to elevate their own connection to meaning and purpose, or they want to help create cultures where people feel enlivened and want to do their work at their highest level, or become inspirational leaders themselves and do business that betters the world. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Yes. So I think that this idea of the sustainable uh, sustainable change leading to growth is super important. And if we want that, then we need to take a moment to reflect on what's gone before and put it in the context of a process or a journey so that we can go ahead and build on that foundation and move forward. And then to think about purpose is that bigger than a goal, that North Star that will guide us throughout our life and guide our decisions and actions. Um, and then the other last couple things are self-awareness is key. You can't go wrong by developing your own self-awareness and your own um, beginning to understand uh, energy system. So the self-awareness of our parts, including our energy system, is super useful for purpose-driven and, and conscious leaders. Um, and then just checking in on that, um, don't underestimate the amount of energy that we need to be successful with our purpose. So foster that, nourish that, and um, and, every, and that will help you going forward. Choice, what a beautiful contribution for our listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for being my guest on Working on Purpose. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Listeners and viewers, if you want to learn more about Joyce Tom and the work she does at Energy at Work, just go to energyatwork.co. And thanks again to our partnering sponsor, WorkProud, which helps companies build a platform where your workforce receives meaningful feedback and thanks for their work from people across your company. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Jared Pope, the CEO of WorkShield, talking about the current workplace issues facing many companies, some of the various ways harassment takes place, which will likely surprise you, and what companies can do to create a safe culture that reduces harassment and discrimination. Next week, we'll be on the air with Dr. Arthur Sear McCauley, a third-time guest, this time talking about his latest book, America Reunited, A Relational Solution to Bridging the Political, Social, and Personal Chasm Dividing Our Nation. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.